You're listening to the John Stapleton Podcast. Did Jesus teach that he is God? That's the question that we will be di- that we will be diving into today. You know, a lot of people want to talk about, is Jesus God? And I believe that he's God. I mean, I have a whole channel that's centered around him, but not everyone thinks that. And so the first thing that we need to talk about before we draw our conclusion that Jesus is God, and I believe he is, is did Jesus say that he's God? That's been a recent rebuttal on the internet I've seen over and over and over again. Uh, There is a lot of people, and it's a growing number uh, of people that would say that Jesus never taught that he is God and and never expected to worship, never expected people to worship him as God. And, And you have those arguments, and that, quite frankly, comes from a lack of biblical knowledge. It comes from biblical illiteracy. When you don't read the Gospels and you don't, or you read the Gospels, but you don't know how to interpret certain things in the gospels like for example when jesus calls himself the son of man then you're you're probably going to draw that conclusion and you also gotta admit like let's just start here it's very weird for someone to say that jesus is a good teacher when they don't look at all that he taught jesus did teach us to love our neighbor and jesus did teach us to not judge and did jesus taught us all the things that you're familiar with him saying And he also taught that he was God. Uh, Let me just bring C.S. Lewis into the conversation for a moment. He was brilliant. He's brilliant. And I I love when he said, Jesus is either Lord, lunatic, or liar. Listen, you can't say that Jesus is a good teacher and you, you don't believe in what he taught. Jesus kept teaching on repeat that he is God. And if you look at the responses how people responded to Jesus in the gospel. It's really fascinating. It's really telling, and it's really indicting. There are two people. There are people that call Jesus Lord, and there are people that call Jesus teacher. The two people I'm thinking of is the rich young ruler and Judas. The, the, these are two people that call Jesus teacher. These are people, two people that ultimately ended up not following Jesus. And so if you're one of those people that says, oh, he's a good teacher, do you know what he taught? Do you know everything that he taught? Or are you getting a soundbite and are you recreating Jesus to fit your imagination, how you want him to be? At the end of Jesus' life, they put him on trial and they ask him, are you the son of God? You can find this in Luke 23 and Matthew 26. Are you the son of God, the son of the blessed? Are you the son of the most high? And Jesus, with everything to lose and nothing to gain, he tells them what they want to hear. Well, actually, they don't want to hear it, but they, in another sense, they do want to hear it because they want to kill him. And so he says, it is as you say. And he tops that. If you read it from the Gospel of Matthew, from a, from a bloodied mouth, he says, and you will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with great power and glory. What he's saying is, I'm God, and I'm going to come back one day to judge all of you. That's what he said. This, is, this would explain why the high priest ripped his robes, that this man is claiming to be God. Um, in John 10, I believe it's around 31, verse 31, um, the people are trying to throw rocks at Jesus to kill him. And Jesus says, hey, I've done many, I've helped you guys out. I've done many miracles. For which one of them do you want to kill me? And they answer, 
we don't kill you for the miracles you've done. We, we're trying to kill you for what you said. You are a mere man and you're claiming to be God. Jesus fed a lot of people, but they didn't kill him for that. Jesus healed a lot of people, but they didn't kill him for that. Jesus raised the dead and restored family members and, and sick relatives back to their loved ones, but they didn't kill him for that. They killed him because he said that he was God. That's why he died. And so Noah, you know, thinks that Jesus became the word of God. He became the word of God when he was born and he wasn't present at creation. And again, the challenge that he put forward to me is, well, prove that he was at creation. I love that word, prove. You you do know there's a difference between proof and evidence, right? Um, Proof is, here is the, you know, hard artifact from the cold case versus evidence, which is considering the body of things that we know, the body of facts that we've gathered, this is our conclusion. That's evidence. And that is very viable in court. Um, So uh, again, we can't prove anything. (laughs) Jesus took his body into heaven, but we can show evidence. We can argue evidence. We can do that. We can do that. But let's go back to the creation. So Jesus wasn't present at creation, supposedly. Well, one thing that I would start with is this. There's this theological term called co-inherence. What co-inherence means is whatever is true. So so God displays himself in the Bible. I'm going to try not to use the word trinity. Um, God, God displays himself in the Bible as the three-in-one God. Uh, this is actually the one thing, the one crazy thing that sets Christianity apart from everybody else. While everyone says that God is either one or there are many gods, we have the three in one God. We have a God that is one in nature, but there are three of them. There are three persons. So you, and, and he shows up as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. At, at no time do does one member become the other member. We're, we're, we don't believe in modalism, but we do believe that they were present. So again, a lot of you know scholars don't necessarily agree on this, but the majority there is a consensus in Genesis one twenty seven where God says, "Let us make mankind in our image and after our likeness." God is talking to Himself. He's talking to the Son and the Spirit, and maybe potentially the heavenly court. That's a different podcast. So Jesus was present at creation. And then you read books like Jew that says, yeah, Jesus destroyed Egypt. Well, I I thought God destroyed Egypt. Well, Jesus is God. He's working with his Father. Jesus says in John 5, to this day I've, I've seen my Father work, and I too am working. When you see God the Father do stuff in the Old Testament, it's not just him doing it. He's also doing it with his son. And his son doesn't get much of an appearance until he becomes a man. Did the gospel writers ever say that Jesus was God? Of course. Of course. Like, you can't even open the gospel of John without reading this. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. So, they're, they're okay, there's company here. And the word was God. And then you skip down to verse 14, and it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus. It's right there. The most introspective gospel starts on that front, that note. 
how do people say that the gospel writers, that Jesus never taught that he was God or that the apostles never taught that he was God? It's right there. It's right there. The next thing that Noah would tell me is, well, you know, Jesus is not God since, you know, Jesus calls the Father the only God. If you read John 20, I think it's verse 28, or John 17, 3, right? I think it's in John 17, 3. Jesus, high priestly prayers, we call it. Jesus says, I pray that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Why is Jesus calling him the only true God? Well, again, I would just encourage you to read the entire chapter. If you take that verse out of context, then yeah, it, it, it could seem like Jesus is saying, I'm not God, only the Father is God. But later, he's, he prays that they may all be one as you and I, Father, are one. He says it again. He says, in fact, he repeats the same statement that he repeated a few chapters ago in the Gospel of John, where right before they were trying to kill him. He says, I and the Father are one, and they try to kill him, and Jesus escapes. He says it right here again in the prayer. Also, I believe it's around verse 12 or verse 11 of John 17. Jesus says, you gave me your name. You gave me your name. Now, again, going back to a point I said earlier, this is why... We need to we need to be we need to read the gospels and we need to just know some things um, as far as interpretation rules that go for interpretation. When in the Bible, when whenever someone names a person or a thing, he's giving or she's giving that person identity and purpose and an office. This is who you are, and this is who you do in light of who you are. And so if God the Father gives Jesus the Son his very name, then it's it's, it's letting us know that Jesus and God really are one. They really are of the same essence. They really are of the same nature. Jesus, all throughout the Gospel of John, keeps saying, I am. You know what that is? That's God's name from Exodus 3. You can't just take a verse that kind of sounds like, oh, Jesus is being very, very human and denying any godhood. Well, again, we know in Philippians 2 that Jesus laid aside his rights as God, but he never stopped being God. I know this is crazy talk. I know this is scandalous. The fact that God would take on a body and lay aside his human privileges so that sinners could kill him, so that mankind could be saved. That's crazy, and it's true. Jesus, remember, with nothing to gain, he doesn't recant. He doesn't take it back. He says, I am God, and not only am I God, I'm coming back to judge all of you. This is what he says. This is what he means when he says, I'm coming back on the clouds and every eye will see him. And listen, history will be divided into two groups, people that believe that and people that don't. But we're all going to see it. History ends with everybody knowing without a doubt that Jesus is God.